A wonderful movie. I mean, it was very interesting. I, I don't know a lot about Kazakhstan, um, so it's, uh, it's, it seemed like a great way to learn about the history of, of the country, and um, the, movie, the movie was great. Hello and welcome to History and Film. I'm Rich Simmons. This is going to be a short one today as there's just not a lot for me to talk about. Today we'll look at a region of the world that hasn't come up yet in our timeline, Kazakhstan. Today it is the ninth largest country in the world by area, though many people hadn't even heard of it until Sasha Baron Cohen made it the butt of the joke in his movie Borat. Kazakhstan lies in the middle of the vast swath of grasslands known as the Eurasian Steppe which extends from Romania in the west through the Ukraine and Russia to Mongolia and China in the east. And as they were formerly a part of the Soviet Union, I think I expected them to look more Russian or Slavic, but the Kazakhs seem to be more of a combination of Turks and Mongols. And of course, they were once a part of the Mongol Empire. Though by the 15th and 16th centuries, there had developed a distinct Kazakh language and culture. Like the Mongols, the Kazakhs were mostly nomadic. Throughout the 17th century, the Kazakhs were often in conflict with groups of Western Mongols, most notably the Dzungar Khanate, the last major remnant of the once mighty Mongol Empire. Our story today looks at this conflict as we enter the 18th century on our timeline. It doesn't say for certain, but based on a couple pieces of evidence, I'm going to say we're opening in about 1722 CE. Two shepherd boys spot a small band on horseback and identify them as Zungers. The boys are seen and one of the two is killed by an arrow. The other, the hero of our tale, is a boy named Sartai. He flees to his nearby village only to find it being ransacked by the Zungers. His parents are slaughtered right in front of him, but he manages to escape along with a handful of other villagers. We jump ahead seven years and Sartai is about 18 years old now. His group of probably less than a dozen Kazakhs live in the woods, almost Robin Hood style, training to fight on their own. Their leader is an elder who I never figured out if he was actually Sartai's grandfather or they just called him grandfather out of respect. Around the campfire at night, he tells them the legend of the great warrior Alpamis. This is an ancient Turkish tale and the real Alpamis is believed to have existed about a thousand years before Sartai's time. The details aren't important and change depending on which version of the story you hear, but basically, Alpamis was a King Arthur-type figure for this part of the world. The Elder talks of modern heroes among the Kazakhs who stand up to the Zungers, who control their lands now. Basically, it seems the Kazakhs are willing to fight, but everyone is just too spread out to organize and do anything productive. They convince the elder that they are basically adults now, and he takes them to a nearby village for a New Year's celebration. It's the first time any of them have been to a village since the Zungar attack on their own village seven years earlier. Sartai, of course, immediately falls for the daughter of the village elder, but he and his friends are silently outraged when two Zungar enter the village and are welcomed as friends. Sartai and his two closest friends, Timus and Korlon, start surprising and killing Zungers when they can find them in small groups. Word starts to spread, and we cut to a larger encampment of Kazakhs and meet the Sultan Abu Kar, who realizes his people are ready for an uprising. I'll step in here to say that this film is basically a combination of two things, the historical Abu Kar Khan, 
who did lead the Cossacks against the Zungers in the 1720s, and the story of Sartai, who may have existed but is more of a legendary figure in all of this. So as the Sultan prepares for action, Sartai's own party is growing as well. He and his friends steal a bunch of horses and then go back to the nearby village to try to make peace, but they only wind up offending their hosts again with charges of disloyalty to the Kazakh people. The girl Sartai likes is named Zare, but her father doesn't yet approve of Sartai. Sartai's growing force goes on to raid a caravan and release a bunch of slaves and destroy a Zungar fort by sneaking one of their guys inside who takes a lantern to the Zungar gunpowder supply. The Zungar leader now wants Sartai's head. But also by this time, Sartai's buddy Timus has grown jealous of Sartai. He's loyal to the Kazakhs, but he doesn't understand why everyone is so in love with Sartai and his growing legend. It doesn't help that Sartai definitely plays it up and wants his name to be spoken around the country. Timus takes his jealousy to the point of shooting Sartai in the back with an arrow and leaving him for dead. Fortunately, he is found and healed up by Zare's village. Soon after Sartai is healthy and goes back home, Zungers attacks Zare's people, killing her father, who did give her his blessing to marry Sartai before he died. When she runs into Sartai's friends, they are also killed by Zungers, and only Zare escapes. She finds Sartai, who is grieved by all their losses, but happy to have Zare with him. He forgives Timus for trying to kill him and sets him free. The elder had ordered him tied to a tree after they discovered his treachery. So, now they are all preparing for the decisive battle. The Zungers drastically outnumber the Kazakhs, but Sartai and his band of about a hundred charge into the fray anyway. The Sultan and his men are a separate, larger force. Sartai's men disrupt things enough that the Zungers signal a retreat. As Sartai's men reach the Zunger officers, they start dropping like flies, and Sartai himself is killed as he takes out the Zunger standard. The impression we're given is that this act was what broke the Zunger spirit and gave Abu Kar the push he needed to win the war. In the aftermath, we see Zare pregnant, and another kid in the village says the baby should be named Sartai after his father. The elder points out that a baby can't be named after its father. Apparently, that's a thing in this culture. So the kid says the baby should be named Alpamus, the hero of legend the elder told them about at the beginning. The end. So, yeah, basically a patriotic film for Kazakhstan with average reviews, but pretty well made and entertaining. The historic Abu Kar did defeat the Zungers at two major battles in 1726 and 1729. I think this film is meant to portray the latter. Though to fortify themselves against the Zungers, two years later, in 1731, Abu Kar pledged his allegiance to the Russians, putting Kazakhstan under the Russian sphere of influence, where it remained until the collapse of the Soviet Union in 1992. The Zungar Khanate never recovered after their losses against the Kazakhs. Less than 30 years later, they were completely eradicated by the Chinese Qing Dynasty. The title of this film, Min Bala, means 1,000 boys or 1,000 children. It refers to the legend of Sartai and the band of young people he rallied to fight against their Zungar oppressors. The research for this episode was trickier than usual as there weren't a lot of English language sources to go off of, and Google Translate was rough. It does appear Sartai's legend was popularized by a 1937 version that got its author into trouble with the Russian authorities. Perhaps too much national pride among the Kazakhs wasn't good for Soviet unity. 
Today, Kazakhstan is home to 18 million people, most of whom are Muslim. They are officially a democracy, but have had the same president since their independence from the Soviet Union in 1991, and their human rights record is rated as poor by the International Human Rights Watch Organization. Elsewhere in the world around this time, Isaac Newton died in 1727, just a couple years before the events of today's film. And since we have the time to spare, I'd actually like to spend a minute or two on Newton. He's on the level of Da Vinci and Einstein when it comes to the most widely known scientists in history. His laws of motion gave us force equals mass times acceleration, and an object in motion tends to stay in motion. He helped develop a whole new branch of mathematics with calculus. And even all that's just the tip of the iceberg. He was a lifelong scholar and one of the most important scientists to have ever lived. The story of Newton discovering gravity as he sat under an apple tree is a distortion. He was constantly engaged in questions of this sort, but it, it does seem he was with some friends when they saw an apple fall from a tree and Newton pondered aloud, why does it always fall perpendicular to the ground? Why not up or at a slight angle? The only answer can be that the earth itself draws the apple down. Newton lived to be 84 years old and is buried in Westminster Abbey in London along with royalty and other great scientists and authors of Britain's history. Moving on, at the same time our movie today opened, Afghan King Mahmud Haddock conquered Persia and the city of Isfahan, which we visited last February with the physician. The English and Spanish were at war, though the net result had no political effect. The English tried and failed to block a Spanish port in Panama, and the Spanish tried and failed to win back Gibraltar. And just six years after Abulkar died, the French and Indian War began in North America. And that's where we're headed next week, as Daniel Day-Lewis stars in The Last of the Mohicans. The Last of the Mohicans.